today specifically, I want to talk to you about worship being our greatest, greatest priority. Our greatest priority. And so that's what I've entitled today's message. We're going to start out with uh, John chapter 4, and I'll show you why I believe it's to be our greatest priority in our life. John chapter 4, verse 22, it says, You worship what you do not know. We're all worshipers, and we're going to get to that in this series. And you might say, well, I'm just not a worshiper. That could be the furthest thing from the truth. Every one of us are worshipers, but we just don't know, worship, don't know what we're worshiping, okay? You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, worship is more than what just took place up here, but let me tell you, that is a big part, especially when we come together corporately, how God can do some great, great things when we come corporately and united in in worship. God will move in a powerful, powerful way, so we don't want to underestimate that worship whatsoever. But worship is also an attitude. Worship is also a, a heart expression through our lives. And so worship is, uh, really should include every part of our lives. That's what worship should, all, uh, it should include. But as I was thinking about this, I wrote this little statement down. If, if the Father is seeking true worshipers, there's two things that come to mind. If he's seeking, I mean, God's looking. Can you imagine God's looking down and he's, he's looking for true worshipers? He's, he's, he's looking at us and he's saying, I'm looking for true worshipers. I'm hunting the, in this earth. Where are those worshipers, true worshipers? He's looking for them. Two things come to mind when I read that. First of all, can we say, Father, look no further. Here we are. Can we truly say we're true worshipers? That's the first thing that comes to mind. The second thing that comes to mind when, when I think about God looking for true worshipers is, shouldn't we make worship our greatest priority? If he's looking for true worshipers, shouldn't we make worship our greatest priority? Well, because of that, this series, I believe, is, is, is something that needs to take place so that we can answer that. But also, I, I want to talk about making worship our greatest priority. If we're going to make worship our greatest priority, number one, if, it, if that's going to truly take place in our life, and we truly want that in our lives, number one, it's putting God first. It's putting God first. If, if, if worship is going to be a, a priority in our life, where it takes first place in our life before anything else, before, before any part of our lives takes place, if worship is going to be a priority, if it's going to take first, I mean, going to be a priority in our life, God's going to have to take first place in our life. He's going to have to be first place in our life. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. Seek first. God's a God of priority. From the very beginning, God wants to be first place in our lives. And he's looking for true worshipers. True worshipers are people that put God first. Are you with me? 
I think all of us are going to be challenged in, our, in this message today. Are we putting God first? Is he truly finding a true worshiper in you and I? And, 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 and to answer that, are we putting God first? If we're putting God first, then we can say, Yes, God, you have found a true worshiper in me. Or you have found a true worshiper in us. Because you are truly being put first in my life, in every area of, of our lives. I, I, I would venture to say that we do probably, most of us, a good job at that. But I'm sure that we fall short from time to time, and, and there's, pl- there's places that we can work on. Isn't that right? And, and so I, 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 thought about, I thought about in Exodus the Ten Commandments where, where uh, when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, he he, there were some things that he said, and, and I want to just read this to you. In, in verse, uh, chapter 20, verse 3, it says, You shall have no other gods before or besides me. You should have no other gods before or besides me. In other words, I, I'm, I need to be first in your life. I need to be first. I need to be first. And, and in verse 4, it says, You must not... You must not make yourselves an idol that looks like anything in the sky above or on the earth below or in the water below the land. You must not worship or serve any idol because I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. He's not jealous of us. He's jealous for us. I mean, he loves us. He wants to be with us. That's awesome. I'm I'm so grateful that God's passionate about you and I, that he loves us. And he doesn't want us giving our hearts to anything else, knowing because when we do that, it pushes him out of the picture. When we are not putting God priority, I'm telling you, we're pushing God out of our lives. That's exactly what happens when we're doing that. And so whatever you, whatever you put before God always pushes God out of our lives. The best way to illustrate that is I have a couple of uh, a couple of uh, jugs here, one-gallon jugs. And if you would picture this jug as being your life, you can only fit so much in your life, correct? There's only so much that you can fit in your life. Uh, this, this jug right here f- represents uh, all the things in our life that we tend to put before God. It could be good things. It could be, your, it could be your spouse. It could be your children. It could be, uh, you know, your job. It could, be, uh, it could be recreation. It could be hobbies. It could be a lot of different things that there's nothing wrong with in their right place. In their right place, there's nothing wrong with them. Just don't put those things before God. Okay? Now, this right here, this jug... All these big rocks, these huge rocks here, represent God, his principles, his values, his, his ways, his will, his, his desires, for his dreams, his vision for our life. So these rocks represent God. Are you with me thus far? Now, I'm going to open these up. This is, this is our life. When we put things before God... Good things, bad things, anything, doesn't matter what the thing is. Whatever we put before God, there's only so much of God 
that we will be able to fit in our life before there's no room for God. Are you with me? That's about all the God I can get in my life. And that's how it is with a lot of people's lives. They just can't get much God in their life. Do they have God? They have God. Maybe a little bit. They may have gotten saved. They got salvation. But other than salvation, they really don't have a lot of anything else going on as far as God in their life because there's just absolutely no room in their life for God because God and His values are bigger than anything else in our life. You understand all those other things in our life are much, much smaller. But those small things add up and they just push God out. Now, when we put God priority in our life, when we, when we make sure that God is in our life first, there's room for God. He said, if you put me first, if you'll put my kingdom first, you'll put my righteousness first, you'll put my values first, my principles, my ways of thinking, my will, if you'll put those things first, I'll add everything else unto you. Now, watch this. Okay? Look at that. That's the picture. God says, when you'll worship me, when you'll put me first in your life, you'll not be shortchanged in any way. Now, don't go pursuing me, God says, for what you can get. Now, you'll get all those things. All those things, you'll have a great family, you'll have a great husband, you have great children. But don't go putting your husband, your your children, your family before me. Don't be putting your hobbies. Don't be putting your job. Do you need them? Oh, yeah, there's things that you do need. There's things that you need to do. But don't put them before me. Put me first. And guess what? You'll have room for everything else. But when you go putting the other things in your life, you're going to push God out of your life. You'll only have room for part of God in your life. Is that good? And so that's the first story. That's the first reason why we need to put God as a priority in our life. Okay. So it's putting God first. It's putting him first. Number two, the second thing I want to share with you today, it's keeping God first. It's one thing putting God first. We got to keep God first. Because there's things that are going to happen in life. There's going to be distractions. There's going to be situations that are going to happen in our life. And uh, we've, got, we've got to keep God first. Much, once we put him there, we all know this. We've had people that have done this, that they put God first, and, and they just trusted God for all the other things to be added into their life that needed to be in their life, and, and we know that. But all of a sudden, we find those people drifting away and eventually even some falling away from God and the things of God. Some of us are here that have experienced that in our own lives. No condemnation to you whatsoever. 
listen, I'm here to help, not to hurt. I'm, I'm, here, to, I'm here to encourage you, not to condemn you. So we, we understand that. That's why I'm even talking this day uh, with us is so that we can prevent that from happening. 2 Corinthians 11.3, I love this. It says this. It says, but I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Same way it happened. I mean, you, if you think about Adam and Eve, they didn't have sin here on this earth like we have. They didn't have all the wickedness. They didn't have all the, 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 the stuff that we have to sift through and deal with here on this earth. They didn't have sickness. They didn't have disease. They didn't have, they didn't have all of that going on. Yet, guess what? Their hearts were reached by the enemy. The enemy, there is an enemy out there, and he's out to kill, steal, and destroy. He's out to do whatever, whatever, whatever he can do to destroy whatever is of God. And so whenever you choose to pursue God, listen, by the way, I, I hear people say, well, it's hard, it's hard to live for God. It's harder to not live for God. The wages of sin is death. You've got to deal with a lot of stuff in your life outside of God. With God, all things are possible. With God, you can overcome. With God, you can be victorious. With God, there's hope unspeakable. I'm telling you, with God, you can do whatever needs to be done to get the things done. Are you, are you, are you hearing me? But you do become a target. And the enemy will try to come and kill and steal and destroy. And he'll try to keep you from achieving what God has for you to achieve. And, and you just got to stand your ground. I remember, and I'll get, I'll, I'll get to this point in just a little bit. I remember years ago, wasn't long after I'd gotten saved. And uh, man, just, just on fire. My family's getting saved. All of my family at that time had gotten saved. And, and we're just pursuing God and... And I was in, I was at my brother's uh, house in, in his city. It was a couple of hours away from where I lived. And they had a great church. God was just blessing it. People getting saved. Kind of like our church, man. Just uh, great culture. But, man, something happened. I mean, something happened. And I saw a lot of people uh, fall away from the Lord. And what happened is, is my brother's pastor which was also his best friend and my brother's wife had an affair and through that affair a lot of people a lot of people not only left the church but they left they left all the priorities in this and in, in all the things that they should they were once putting first they left all those things and they started putting all the little things first and it pushed God out of their life and it happened that way. And I'm here to tell you that in life, there's going to be things that are going to happen. And once we put God first, we're going to have to make sure that we keep God first, regardless of what happens. Regardless of who lets you down, who discourages you, regardless of the opposition of the enemy or enemies, regardless of the persecution that you may face for your faith, and by the way, you're going to face some persecution even as the days get darker. We're going to be persecuted for, for righteousness' sake, the Bible tells us. 
And so we, we, we can't allow those things to keep us from putting God first. We still need to put God first in order to have us be the true worshipers that God's looking for here on this earth. Are you with me? And we've got to do that in order to continue to be those true worshipers so he doesn't have to bypass us and go look for other people. Nobody said that, that Christianity was supposed to be comfortable. Nobody said that Christianity was supposed to be convenient. Nobody said that. A matter of fact, the opposite is true. Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, there's the, here's something that you have to do first. You're going to have to deny yourself. Boy, this is one of those messages that just makes us all want to shout and dance. Praise God, okay? Deny myself. That means we can't be selfish. It can't be about us. It can't be about what, what, what pleases us and what's convenient. It has to be about him and what he wants. His values first, his principles, his ways, his will. If we'll do that first, listen, if we'll do that first, then everything else will just seem to work out. We just got it. We just got to put prayer first. We got to put the word first. We've got to put uh, reaching people first. We got to do what God says we're supposed to be doing here on this earth first. And we've got to keep that first in our life in order to be those true worshipers. And it's not always the easiest thing in our life. Now, here's the thing: sometimes what happens is we get into a place where where we start getting, going through the motions and our heart disconnects. And we think because we're going through the motions and we're doing things uh, outwardly that we're, we're those true worshipers. Here's, the, here's probably the hardest area in people's lives is keeping your heart engaged in the middle of opposition, circumstances, uh, problems, issues that we're facing in our life. It's hard to keep your heart engaged. And the Bible even warns us, it says, keep your, it says, keep your heart, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. So we've got to guard our heart. We've got to protect our heart. We do that through prayer. We do that with good fellowship. We do that through being connected. We do that through coming uh, on worship services like this. We, come, we do that through the, getting in the Word of God and hearing from God. It's a number of different ways. We guard our heart, making good decisions. That's how we guard our hearts. And out of that will flow the issues of life, the worship of God. But too many times we find ourselves being disconnected in our heart even though we're going through the motions. We see that uh, uh, being addressed by Jesus in Matthew chapter 15 verse 8. It says, These people draw near to me with their mouth, honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. True worship is in spirit and in truth. True worship comes from the heart and comes also with truth. Amen? Are you with me thus far? Yeah. So what I want to do is I want to I talk about how to keep worship our greatest priority. If we're to keep it our greatest priority, and we talked about we do that by putting God first, and we do that by, by uh, keeping God first. Well, how are we going to keep God first? How's that going to happen? I'm glad that you asked. <laughs> James chapter 4, verse 4 through 10 Let's read this. I love the Word of God. 
I love how it's just, it's just black and white, straightforward. Starts out in verse 4. It says, you adulterers and you adulteresses. Now that could, that could be physically, that could be uh, literally. But I believe that it's talking here in context. It's talking about our relationship with the world. I believe that it's talking about how we uh, adapt and, and receive and start living according to the principles, the values, the systems, uh, the, 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 the ways of this world. That's what it's really talking about because it goes on to say this. It says, do, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity against God? Enmity with God. Friendship with the world. Friendship. What does that mean? Friendship with its ways, its principles, its, its attitudes, its actions, its, its ways of doing things, its systems. That's an enemy against God. He goes on to say, whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealousy. He wants to be with us. Thank God for that. Okay? I mean, it, this is awesome to me. God's looking for people to be in relationship with. By the way, any, anything I talk about concerning worship, it's all relational. It's our relationship with God. It's not, a, it's not just a, a practice. That's why he says they come to me with their mouths. They come to me with their words, but their heart's far from me. He says, no, I want to be engaged in your heart, in your life, in every area of your lives. But he goes on to say this. But he gives more grace, therefore, he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud. Remember that word, proud. But he gives grace to the humble. Humble. Therefore, submit to God. Make sure that we are humble. Submit to God. Resist, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Here's the worship. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament, mourn, weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. In other words, we need to come to a point where the life that we're enjoying apart from God needs to break our hearts. That's what it's saying here. That life that we're leading that's apart from God, where it's, we're, we, we're, we're, we're enjoying it right now. And by the way, sin is even pleasurable for a little bit. But the end result is death. It's going to bring hardship and hurt and pain and, and disappointment and discouragement. And it's going to cause us to end up in a place. Have you ever ended up in a place you're traveling and, and you took a wrong turn? You ended up in a place where you didn't want to be? That's what it's talking about. And then he says, humble yourselves in the sight of God, in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. He will add all these other things to you. He will add those things. So let me, three things, two things real quick that I want to share with you in just closing. How to keep worship our greatest priority by keeping him first in our life. Number one, stay humble. We just got to stay humble. Psalm 10 verse 4 says this, in his pride, the wicked, another translation says the sinful, those that are adapting to the, the ways, the, the principles, the values, the systems, the attitudes of this world. He says those people that think that those ways are better than God's ways, he says this, this man does not seek God. Matter of fact, he says in all his thoughts there's no room for God. 
It pushes God out. When we think doing it our way is the way that works, we're deceiving ourselves. We push God out of our lives. Are you seeing the picture thus far? So how do we do that? We need, to, we need to be humble. We need to stay humble. Well, humility is not thinking, it's not thinking less, it's not thinking less of ourselves. It's, think, it's thinking less about ourselves. It's not thinking that we're a nothing, we're, we're just a worm, we're just, it's not thinking less of ourselves, it's thinking less about ourselves and thinking more about God. That's what humility is. It's saying, God, I'm going to put my attention on you. Also, humility is acknowledging our need and our dependence on God by seeking him through prayer and worship. That's why we're doing this 21 days of prayers. Because God, without you, I cannot do it. I cannot be successful. I cannot accomplish what you want me to accomplish. I can't, I, without you, I can't even crawl out of bed. I acknowledge you today. I acknowledge you through my prayer time, through my worship, because I need you. I humble myself. I humble myself before you because without you, I know I have nothing. I have nothing to offer. I can do nothing without you, Lord. And so humility is also seeking God because we know we need God and we can't do it on our own. Can you see the picture? Humility is also obeying the word of God because we know he knows better. Humility is obeying the word of God because we know he knows better. When we, when we, when we disregard the word of God, when we know it and we disregard it, we're saying, God, I know better than you. I'm being prideful and, and, and even today, I hope this sticks in your mind, this picture that God wants. He's not trying to hold things back from our lives. He's trying to get it to us, but he needs to be at the center. Look at him. He's at the center. Remember those big rocks I had in there? He's at the center of everything in our life. When God's at the center of our lives, then he's okay with it. But when he's on top of it, after we've done everything else, there's only so much God we can have in our lives. So, we have to put God first through humility. Secondly, through submission. And then I end with this. Submission. He said to humble yourself, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I'll say this, I'll say this in talking about submission. Submission is something where we have an agenda in our life. And when we discover that God's agenda is not our agenda, submission is saying, God, I forfeit my agenda to embrace your agenda, and your agenda becomes my agenda, and therefore I take ownership of it, and no longer is it your agenda, it's our agenda. Can I say that again? No. <laughs> because of his anointing, because of his help, I said that, but I'll probably, I'm not even going to try to do it again, all right? But submission, submission is just simply saying, God, my plans, whatever it is that I had, if it's different than yours, yours is what I'm going to embrace and yours is what I'm going to go with. And, and because you know best, you know better, you know what's, what I need in my life and through my life. That's true worship. That's true worship. 
And that's the worship that will, God will, can take your life and he can use you in a powerful, powerful, powerful way. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6, it says, So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. At the right time, when he sees fit, when he thinks you're prepared, when you, he thinks you're ready, he will lift you up in that place of honor. Is that good? Let's pray. Father, we thank you.